0: Welcome to OK Sis. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I am Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal
1: energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week.
0: OK Sis. Welcome to OK Sis. Welcome everyone. If this is your first episode of OK Sis, I am Scout. I'm Mads. And we are the sisters behind OK Sis. OK Sis. And we're feeling extra Jewish tonight, today. It's Hanukkah. It's Hanukkah. Chag it, sameah Hanukkah came pretty early this year. Remember when it was... Remember when it was on Thanksgiving, like a couple years ago and it was Thanksgivica? No, I don't remember that at all. Oh, it was like really weird. That is weird.
1: I know. But I I kinda like having Hanukkah in the beginning of December because then we can be festive and then it just bleeds into Christmas. Not that we celebrate Christmas, but like it bleeds into the whole spectacle. Exactly. Because when it overlaps and Hanukkah kinda gets like shoved under the rug, you know what I mean? I hear you. It's like secondary, but like when we're the only ones that are shining,
0: pun intended. Very cute. Dad got the cutest little um, light up menorah things. Oh, God. He put them on like the, he like framed the mirrors with them. They're so cute. Oh, I love Hanukkah. I know. We're going to eat some latkes. The festival of
1: lights. We're going to eat some latkes, some oily latkes, some sufganiyot.
0: Get Ooh, all fattened up. I forgot about the sufganiyot.
1: I am prepared. I'm
0: not such a sufganiyot person. Well. We're not really donut people. We really are not donut people. You're so Especially right. Especially
1: jelly donut people. But yeah, you know what? Not,
0: the jelly is way too sweet. Way too sweet. But we'll eat one anyways. We're gonna we're gonna
1: take one for the team and eat a soufgan tonight. It's tradition. It's tradition.
0: We're basically religiously obligated to eat a souven
1: Exactly. Um okay, great.
0: So Let's do the word of the week. Okay. The word of the week this week is schwitz. You've probably heard us say it like 25 million times on this episode. So we thought we might want it to bring it to light as Break to what schwitz down. means. It is the Yiddish word for sweating, basically. But,
1: okay. I personally think schwitz is more like a light perspire. It's yeah. like when your whole body is just cuz you're in a hurry. It's not cuz like you're outside working out. Like I don't think schwitzing when you're wor- like the sweat that you get from working out is schwitzing. I think schwitzing is when you are in a hurry. You're running
0: all over the place, running around town trying to get these to place to place and you're just like lightly perspiring. No, I think it encompasses all sweating. That's my take on it. Okay. Well, I think. But we, we use it all the time history. because we schvitz on the rag. On the rag. But not right now because it's like very it's cold in L.A. It's very cold right now. Yeah. My feet and my hands are freezing. Well, you're wearing sandals
1: and that's. Well, I didn't realize
0: it was so cold. I'm in a li- I'm in a literal slip dress for tonight's Hanukkah party. Yeah. I'm going to be freezing. You're going to be freezing. Maybe I'm, wearing, sh- I'm wearing like tights, boots, the whole deal. I should borrow something from mom, huh? Yeah, dude. You got to get a sweater on. I did not know it was this cold.
1: Yeah. Anyways, but I'm so excited because then I get to be all bundled up, which I
0: love. Yeah, and we're going to England soon, so that's gonna even be better. I know. I'm so excited. It's Same. gonna be fucking freezing, but I am ready. I got um I just ordered a like a puffer coat. Oh <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I
1: love how we like don't even
0: know. I don't even know what, what, what it's, it's called.
1: called. Oh, we're from so Uniqlo.
0: Because um you took mine and then it got stolen out of your car and nobody replaced that for me. So there's yeah, that. We're gonna move right past that. Yeah. So,
1: anyways, um, so this episode we talked to our cousin. So it's a Jenna, super special episode. Super special episode. Uh, we talked about she's a modern orthodox She's not woman. modern orthodox. We Sorry. talked about that. She's us no, she's a hybrid. She said she's has she takes different
0: but I think she okay. would identify more as just Orthodox okay, Jewish. Okay,
1: She's an Orthodox Jew in L.A. here. She's married to our cousin, Justin. Who She used to be secular. She used to be secular, so we go through her whole, you know, journey to Judaism, and it's so fascinating, you guys um i think any person listening whether you're jewish whether you're non-jewish whether you're not religious where you are religious in another um sector or anything i think you will find this episode you'll super find a lot of value useful.
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: and um edu- educative
0: edu- 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 is edu- that a
1: word edu- educational
0: educational i think that's the word
1: educative is a word
0: Oh, okay. Well,
1: it's the, it's the spicier way of
0: saying educational. educational. (laughs) So yeah, this episode is super amazing because she came from a really secular, non-religious background and she found herself on a path towards Judaism. And now her and her husband are both, um, very, um, practicing Orthodox Jews. And we kind of talk about some of the misconceptions of Orthodox Mm -hmm. Jews. We talk about what it means to be a woman in Orthodox worlds, um we really go into a lot of really great detail and i mean we love her she's our cousin she's, she's unbelievable the
1: sweetest ever she's and she's a new mom and she's, she is a new mom of I rachel i think she's our she her first mom mm-hmm. oh no no shawnee is a mom oh yeah um, a mom. um but no we've got we've got some moms no she gives you some tips um about if you're looking
0: to you know she has her own blog so um about being which is super informative a modern jewish girl her, her blog is super informative. I get her newsletter. It's really good.
1: Oh, my God. The news.
0: The newsletter. I love her newsletters. Gotta get the newsletter. Okay, so shall we enjoy this episode? Shalom. Shab- no, I was going to say <laughs> Shabbat Shalom. My I meant Shabbat Shalom. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Happy
1: Hanukkah, everyone. I hope you get a present and light your candles. And, and eat Kondigo some latkes. And eat some latkes. Spin the dreidel. Spin the dreidel. Eat some
0: gelt. What other things are there? I think that's a bit. You okay. covered it. You covered it.
1: Oh, my God, guys. I love Hanukkah.
0: Me too. You're going to really enjoy this episode. Okay, enjoy. Bye. One of the most surprising side effects of postpartum for me was that my hair started shedding right around the crown of my head. Now I have these random baby hairs sticking out near my forehead that I just can't figure out what to do with.
1: Yeah, I keep
0: asking you to tame those down, but they seem to be very stubborn. Yes, I know, Mads. After a few months of me not seeing improved hair growth, I knew I needed to give my hair some extra strength and support. Enter Nutrafol. I just got the Nutrafol's postpartum supplement and I'm so excited because I'm committed to supporting my hair health now that I'm postpartum. The next six months is going to be me and Nutrafol. I
1: might not be a mother like Scoutala is, but as you sisters know, we are always on a hair journey here on OK Sister Podcast. I am always looking for a way to up my hair health game. I love Nutrafol because they have a whole body approach, multi targets, underlying root causes like
0: stress, hormone fluctuations and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker and stronger hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrifull is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to nutrifull.com and enter the promo code OKSYS a y s i s.
1: Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about.
0: Meet Jenna Mayo, the modern Jewish girl. Jenna grew up in a Reform home on Long Island, New York, and studied English, creative writing, and environmental studies at Emory University. She spent the summer after college in Israel, where she continued exploring and learning about her relationship to Judaism. It was then that she started to observe Shabbat. In the fall, she began law school at the University of Pennsylvania, and in between law classes, she continued to absorb as much Jewish wisdom as she could and grew in her observance. After law school, she went back to Israel to deepen her learning before jumping into the work world. In the holy city of Jerusalem, she was fortunate to meet her husband, our cousin. They now live in Los Angeles, where she is a proud wife and mom, and works as a freelance writer and speaker. Through her new through her new blog, Modern Jewish Girl, she hopes readers will learn something new, whether it is a piece of wisdom, a lifestyle tip, or a greater understanding of observant Judaism. So without further ado, Jenna. Yay. Jenna Yay. Okay, so disclaimer, Jenna's our cousin. Yay. She's I'm our, very lucky. She yeah. married our first cousin, so she's a new newly newly male. What are, what are we actually Second cousin? No, we're cousins.
1: First cousins first through cousins. marriage. Yeah.
2: First
0: cousins.
1: Is that once removed? No, we're oh just straight like up, straight first up, up first cousins. I'm very
2: blessed. I Look married at you, in two. joining the
1: Mayo fam. Yeah, it's a good god. fam
2: to be in. It's a great fam. Oh my god! <laughs> I
0: mean, I'm sometimes. a big fan. <laughs> it can get a little. Whoa! Nasty. It can get a little nuts. Shade. Sorry, <laughs> I'm up. just saying. It can get a, the Mayos can get a little crazy at times. <laughs> oh my god! We are so excited
1: to have you here. This is going to be a really informative and exciting talk I think we all we both have so many questions and I don't think we've ever sat down and no. really discussed everything with you so yeah
0: and I think the secular world is going to take a lot of interest in this because it's something that's not like openly talked about across the board totally. you know absolutely what I
1: mean? absolutely so first as we always do let's do a round of current fixations
0: scoutala? Yeah, scoutala. Oh my god, it that is. That's kind of so cute. cute. I put bu- I put the little like yiddish f- flair on it. Oh my god, I scout-a-la. love it. Yeah, scoutala. Yes, right, scoutala. That's finish. my new thing. <laughs> um okay, so oh. my current fixation is super lame this week, but I'm so obsessed with the voice. It's next oh, level. Um I literally I like let it kind of so I didn't watch it right when it came out on Hulu. I let like a bunch of episodes accumulate so I could binge. Who's like Who are the um the judges. judges right now? Uh Adam Levine, Kelly Clarkson, Jennifer Hudson, and Blake Shelton. Okay. And I okay. am now such a fan of Kelly Clarkson. Like she's unbelievable. Yeah, she's sick. she's, she's so amazing. Cute. She is amazing. She's so cute and I do she's so encouraging. Yeah. She really cares about the people on her team. I like cry when people leave. <laughs> um She also has so
1: such an empowering um, uh, image of uh, or of body image, like body positivity. She yeah. does. She really does. She has been like such an advocate for it. And I love that about her. And
0: She's just so down to earth and mm-hmm. rad. So I think she really carries the show for me. Um, but yeah, that is what I am currently obsessed with. Ooh! and there's this girl, the girl that won. You would really like her bad. It's the girl that won two seasons ago. Chloe mm-hmm. Kohansky, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. You would really dig her music. I'm going to send it your way. I f- I feel like I don't know anyone that has come out of the Voice. I mean, no, but who cares?
2: <laughs> Jenna is laughing at me. Yeah. No, I'm just laughing because I I have a friend from childhood. Her like biggest dream is like make it onto the Voice. You know? Really? Yeah, like she wants to well, be she on American do Idol. It. Or the Voice. Oh, okay, no, okay. she's okay. been auditioning. She has auditioned. No, yeah. American
0: Idol's bigger because I also watched American it? Idol it's and the stupid? people the people that were on American Idol have like three hundred thousand followers. Where the winner of the Voice two seasons ago only has like a hundred. Mm, so American, American Idol. Bigger. Brings out bigger stars but like, than the I, voice. Literally, I
1: cannot tell you one winner from The Voice ever
0: okay well I'm sorry like, about that like,
1: it's still a really good but, show wait, it's a good show but it's like it's not hitting me because I don't even know about
0: it yeah I'm gonna show you Chloe's stuff okay. and you're gonna love okay, it okay great, great great okay what's your current fixation um, okay
1: so my current fixation is my restoration hardware robe <laughs>
0: I just brought
1: it out of the woodworks it's like tucked away in my closet because it was always too hot to wear it and again as a disclaimer I'm a very schwitzy person as everyone knows but drinking game every time Maddie says Schwitzy, you drink oh Go. yeah <laughs> keep going yeah that is that is a good on. Um, but, but I brought it out and it's just like so fluffy and snuggly and I get out of the shower in the morning and I wear it while I meditate and then while I make food before I put on my regular clothes and it just makes me feel like I'm in
0: a spa every morning what color is it white ooh, and what's the inside <laughs> is it like fluffy it's the fluffiest of fluffs oh my gosh okay, will you send me the link I want to buy one me too yes restoration <laughs> hardware
1: it's the bet. it literally feels like you're in a hug it's like oh like a little cocoon oh that's so cute I Sounds love amazing. it yeah it's great oh okay Jenna
2: okay my My fixation is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is. Oh, my God. Of course it is. (laughs) So so typical. So Jewish. So Jewish. Um, Coming out season two very soon, I think next week, Mm -hmm. which I'm very excited about. And um, yeah, I just I really love the show.
0: For those that don't know, what's it about?
2: So it's about this woman, Mrs. Maisel. And the season one starts off where her husband basically is cheating on her and they break up and she's kind of like her whole world turns upside down she gets really drunk this all happens in the first episode Mm -hmm. and she goes to a nightclub and her husband her current husband had been trying to make it as a stand-up comedian he's not that great and so she goes to this this nightclub where he often performs like super drunk gets up on stage and just kills it and yeah. like is hysterical everyone's dying and like from there tries to start building up this kind of comedian um, career as a stand-up comedian but no one really knows about it her parents are like you know yeah these super straight people it just it's just an amazing show it's it so is good. okay so I watched a the
1: first couple episodes but and i don't know i didn't i couldn't get fully into it but people rave about it i mean some people are obsessed with it it won every single emmy it won (laughs) it just won the emmys yeah i've heard really good things about it it's really good yeah i mean she yeah she's she's been winning things but also the writers and the creator it's the it's the creator and writer of gilmore girls exactly oh okay she's she's and she's really like kind of funky but but cool. And uh, yeah, the Jewish aspect is yeah. super prominent. It's yeah. awesome. It's
2: like the Manhattan Upper West Side Jewish community. And yeah. Like the, what year is it? It's like the forties or fifties. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. really to watch It's r- yeah. The the costumes are amazing. Mm-hmm. That like the set, all of that. Um, I don't know. My parents didn't love it. It could be a generational thing. But I, I as a woman who's creative, I really identified with. Is it, it. on yeah. Netflix?
1: No, Amazon. Right? Amazon. Is yeah. Amazon Prime. Prime. It's Amazon. I believe so. Well, yes. Yes. It's Amazon. Okay. Got it. <laughs>
0: okay I'll add it to my roster (laughs) all right
1: okay let's talk about
0: Judaism okay so
1: first let's just start with like what was the first moment because as we said in the in the bio you grew up not secular but you grew up reformed um what was like that I would say secular okay pretty secular secular. okay pretty secular
2: identified as a Jew but the religious stuff was pretty superficial and not so prominent, okay. so
1: say. what was the first moment that sparked that deeper connection to Judaism for you? So
2: it actually was not it was not planned. It was guided, I would say. basically, I was trying to get on birthright like most secular Jews in America. I was in college, my friends who had applied gotten on it, and I did not get on this trip. and it made zero right. sense because who doesn't get on birthright? I mean, even if you have one,
1: my friend who likes dad's dad's dad was Jewish (laughs) and that she like was Catholic her whole life. Right.
2: Exactly. It made no (laughs) sense. Right. And both my parents are Jewish. So I was I was like, okay. so around this time, I actually had a friend who had gone on this other trip. It was a similar idea, but it was run by a more religious organization, kind of like Chabad. Mm. It's called Mayor. And they're on college campuses, and they do Jewish outreach and education. And they were running this three week trip, so it wasn't ten days; it was three weeks, mm. more religious. And it wasn't completely free, but it was extremely subsidized. So I really wanted to go. I was just kind of like curious. I wanted to go go abroad, you know? Had just, you ever been to Israel? At that I'd point? never been to Israel. And so I was nineteen at this time. I just finished my sophomore year. So she said, "I'll introduce you to the rabbi who runs the trip." So she introduces me to the rabbi, and the first question he asks me are are you committed to marrying Jewish? And I immediately said no. And we got into this whole fight about it, and I was like, oh, gosh, this is not going well. And then he's like, okay, you can come on the trip. That was literally it. Normally to go on these trips, you have to do this like 10-week learning program, but because it was so late in the semester, he just let me jump on. So I really had little clue as to what I was in for. The next thing I know I'm in Jerusalem in a ver- they take us to a very religious area every morning to learn mm-hmm. to learn Torah so the girls were taken to a seminary and which I thought was sounded like a convent. Like I didn't even know what a seminary was. And sitting in that classroom that morning, the first day was my first exposure to Torah learning, what I consider like true Torah learning. I'd never really been exposed to before. And that hooked me immediately.
0: Can you um, explain what Torah is for those that don't know?
2: Yeah. So Torah, it's basically we have the five books of Moses, the Old Testament. That's considered like the written Torah, Um and then we have the oral law, like which Moses also passed down to the rabbis of the generation and kind of all the Talmud and the Gemara, which all kind of expound on the initial written and oral law. So it's it's a lot of different stuff combined. Um, I just want to point out quickly, we say it was given to Moses, but we do believe and we're the only religion who believes that God spoke to more than one person at, at one time. There was a mass revelation at Mount Sinai. Mm. But the Jewish people like couldn't deal. It was like way too much for them to be exposed to God in that way. So they said to Moses, like, you go and get the rest. But we're the only religion who believes in a mass re- um, revelation. So I just wanted to Interesting. point that out. Yeah.
1: So what's what teaching or what was it about? Because Scout and I um, went to a Jewish private school all our lives right. growing up. So like we studied all of... Not, I mean, not as in-depth as you have now, but we grew up with those teachings and with the Torah and with all those studies, but I don't think we got the, uh, we the did not
0: get the book. We're not, <laughs> we like, did not drink the Kool-Aid. We did not <laughs> No, the we, we drank so, it to a certain extent. Of
1: course, but what I'm saying yeah. is like, what specifically, because like, I never connected that much with like those types of classes. So what, was right. it a sp- specific teaching or a
2: specific story that really resonated with you? Yeah, I think the way they teach Torah in schools is very different to the way they teach it in a place like Neveh, where I went, the seminary. It's specifically for people who did not really grow up with a with a Jewish background, mm-hmm. and they they are showing you how the wisdom of the Torah is relevant to your life. So for instance, we had a class on relationships and on marriage and what mm-hmm. you should be looking for in a spouse and how your values are more important than your hobbies. Just like kind of like common sense wisdom that I already almost felt like I knew, but mm-hmm. like I was just blown away by, like, the relevance and depth of things I was learning. Another another example, the Hebrew alphabet and how every letter has a number assigned to it. And different words make up different roots, root words. And the way they're all connected to each other sh- reveals, like, deep meanings about things in life. Mm. And, ha- for example, the word ahava, love, mm. is related to the word to give. Um so ha- we learn that when you, when you're in a real relationship of love, it means you have to give unconditionally. That is what creates the love, and the person who's giving more actually loves the other more. So like that's mm-hmm. why our parents love us more than we could ever love them because they've given us so much. Sorry, it's a bit of a tangent, but yeah, just no. things like that to just yeah. give you a taste. Also, classes on the divin- How do we know the Torah is divine? What what does it mean to believe in God? Just things that I've never really had a chance to explore in like an adult environment like Mm -hmm. i went to hebrew school but i was eight years old you know what i mean it was just so and it was reform it was just so different um and unfortunately i think most jews who grew up the way i did that's where their jewish education stops and they kind of have this misconception that that's what judaism is and it's it's really tragic actually yeah so was there
0: ever like a point that you kind of declared yourself orthodox like was it there did you have a day where you were like Whoa, I'm on this track. I'm doing this and you fully committed to it.
2: Yeah, I think so I, I it was a bumpy road once mm-hmm. I had that initial exposure. I came back to campus, I started lighting candles, I started going to Shabbat dinner. Um it took two years till I graduated and I, I went back on my own to learn at Nivea. And once I kinda made that decision on my own, I'm going back that summer, I was like, Okay, I'm committed to this. I'm I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And I started keeping Shabbat immediately when I got there. And I started basically doing everything I could, you know, kosher and wearing skirts because it was easy there. That's what everyone does. And the real challenge came when I came home and I had to kind of declare to everyone at home, Mm -hmm. I'm ortho, I identify as an orthodox Jew. This is what I'm doing now. It was very hard.
0: What did your parents say? What were their reactions at first? (laughs) Not good. Not good. My (laughs) mom
2: told me to go back to the shtetl. She She said she gave birth to her grandmother who came from the shtetl. She was like, I feel like I gave birth to my grandmother. She she Aww. made jokes, but she was deep she was very upset at first. They yeah. felt very alienated. They did not grow up with any sort of religious background and they just didn't understand. Yeah. How long did it take them to come around? It took years. And and it because at first they were kind of hoping it was gonna be a passing phase, which I don't blame them. But then yeah. when they saw like this is really who she is and this is really what she's doing, they, you know, they began to accept it and thank god we have a really good relationship.
1: Yeah. I but, um I mean not to make this about our cousin Justin, but your husband, um, I remember when he declared himself as, as an Orthodox Jew, we all thought it was a phase. I'm sure. Because I had grown up with him in doing so many different phases and trying to find himself and then now right. he It is was like the next a, thing. Yeah. And then I was right. like, okay, like well, you're going to, in another week, we'll have another <laughs> <laughs> Buddha, whatever. He was like so, all over the place. And uh, I mean, our family is super accepting also- right our grandma is very religious so she was stoked that he it was like the only grandchild that like saw the light so you know um i think i i think i relate to what your parents felt totally. a little bit like us we grew up with this like crazy cousin and like he he exposed us to so many things and like i so excited for him that he found this but it also
0: well our relationship had to change yeah
1: exactly like i can't hug him which was really really different still is super difficult for me and i just sometimes and sometimes when i saw his mom our auntie laura having to you know make separate whole meals or like or like she didn't do one thing right so then he can't eat it like i just thought those little things were an inconvenience to the ones right people around him right more so than it was like an enhancement to his i hear his his direct family and community so like i i kind of understand what your parents had a hundred percent because there there probably was a lot of sacrifice a hundred percent there's a
2: lot of sacrifice i think well, it's interesting. Two points. First, Jess and I were similar in the sense that we both kind of explored different things before coming to yeah. to Orthodox Ju- Judaism. Like we both independently, we didn't know each other, but we were studying Buddhism and meditation yeah. and we were both into that because we were both spiritual seekers. So that was the quality we both shared and that's kind of how we ended up where we did. And because that was our quality, when we when we were exposed to Torah in this environment in Israel, we independently made this commitment. Okay, this is going to ha- this is how I'm going to live my life, but it's very challenging when you come back home and your your family doesn't keep kosher and then you you know, you wanna have a meal with them and you don't wanna inconvenience them. It's yeah. it's hard because you are you've committed yourself to to keep the Jewish law, the halakha, but at the same time you don't want to inconvenience your family and friends. So it can totally. get really tricky. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally. I wanna talk a little bit about how you met Justin, your yeah. husband or cousin. Yeah, I feel it's like such I don't a even great know story story. And then it's I'm gonna so tell cool. my story of how I met you. Yay.
2: Yeah. Okay. So basically I okay, so I had gone to Neve that summer after I graduated college. I committed myself to you know, keeping Jewish law, being orthodox. And when I came back to the States, I started law school. So I went to law school for three years. Um, I went to Israel, you know, a little bit in between while I was in law school. But when I finished law school, I was dying to get back. So I actually went back for the year after I graduated law school. And during that year, I got an email from a man named Rabbi Stein who actually, he works for mayor. So I had met him on my first trip when I was 19. I remember I was sitting with him in the hotel lobby and he would make meetings with students to kind of help them process because the information is so life-changing and Mm it can be overwhelming (laughs) for people who take it seriously. So I remember meeting him. I was wearing my shorts and my tank top. I'm 19 years old in the lobby. Mm -hmm. Rabbi Stein, you know, he was from New York and I found him very relatable. So we kept in touch. And over the years, I kept him updated on my progress, Jewishly, you know, personally. And um, he also works at Machon Shlomo, which is the yeshiva just it ended up going to. So it's a yeshiva for guys who, again, didn't grow up with much religious background. And out of the blue, he sent me an email you know he knew I was dating, and he said, "I have an idea for you. Can you send me your resume? You have like dating resume in this world. I know it's it's like a professional resume, but for dating, it's nuts. Ah, wait, I know. what's on your dating resume? It's like your family, where you're from, okay. what you're looking for, about you, things like that. Okay, so it's so crazy. It's so, like
0: setting up and it's like setting up a profile on exactly. an ad, a dating like, app. Exactly. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just probably more in depth and much more helpful. <laughs>
2: And not to, su- like, surface level, and yeah. you're just swiping
1: on people's faces. Yeah. Right, exactly.
2: Okay. So, so basically, Rabbi Stein introduced us, and then that's how we met. Wow. That's so a long wait, story like short. Met,
0: Talk about okay. how, wh- like, what the process was okay. between meeting to getting married. And was it, like, right.
1: super, like, were you open? Because... I don't know it seemed like you guys only you guys were like super religious for just like a year and then it just and then you guys just like got married in like two months so like were you a little skeptical with that process or were because you were so immersed in that life you're like this is what I do now. Talk about that process for those that don't
2: know. Okay so Justin and I have a little bit of a different background because I started this process when I was 19 you have to remember and I met Justin when I was almost I think I was 25. So it had been like six years already for me of like, like learning right, and thinking right. and am I going to be religious? Am I not? And so I was like very integrated. I would mm-hmm. say at this point I was totally identified as orthodox had been doing if I was keeping Shabbat at this point for at least three years, keeping kosher. Like, so for me it wasn't such a, like, I knew this is how I wanted to date. And I was very, I had waited to start dating. I like really felt ready. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get married. Justin, on the other hand, he, his, transformation quote unquote was quicker mm-hmm. he when he arrived at yeshiva he i mean i think you know he i don't know if he was even wearing a kippah i don't know if he was fully i think he was, i don't think he fully kept kosher i don't even think he kept shabbat no two years yeah. later when we met toward the end of his second year of yeshiva he's wearing a kippah keeping shabbat keeping kosher so i think his transformation was much more intensive it happened in israel i almost in a bubble I would Mm -hmm. say whereas mine was more in America I would take little trips to Israel here and there but I was doing it more on my own while I was in law school and I had you know a community of support so it was a little different I I had dated a couple guys before I dated him and you should know if you if you're not familiar in the religious dating world it's really dating for marriage so you don't date and date and date you go on a you know a couple of dates you you know pretty quickly you're you're only allowed to talk you can't touch so you get right. it's like you're pretty sober even if you have a few drinks it's like all you're doing is talking you really can think yeah. clearly and um yeah so i had only been set up with a couple people and it didn't last you know the most i went on with someone was like 5 dates you know you don't get too entangled and um if it doesn't work out that's it you never speak to the person again it's very it's pretty wow. intense and you go usually through a matchmaker someone who in either introduce the idea or they're going to be the go between at least for the first couple dates. So you have someone to kind of say, this is what I was thinking. This is what I'm thinking about, you know, and then they can kind of report to the other person. So it's actually really nice to have that in the beginning. And then as the relationship matures, you, you kind of just, you know, speak to each other, that person kind of steps back. But, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so Justin and I, I was the first person Justin dated religiously. Yeah. So I think for him, it was probably much more scary and, Like, I knew right away when I met him, like, this is my person. I didn't want to scare him, but, like, I really knew right away. I know. I I remember after the second date, I said to somebody, like, this is my husband, but, like, I can't tell him yet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, and so so what did he,
1: how did he, or did he feel that way, or what? I don't
2: think he felt that at first. I think he liked me, obviously, but he was more just, you know, he wanted to be more careful. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. he, he, yeah, he had nothing to really compare me to in that context, and, um, I think it took him a little longer, probably date se- um, seven or eight till he came around, which... <laughs> Wait, so seven or eight and then what, he proposes? No, no, oh. but by date seven, we kind of were at the point where we said, okay, we're talking about us now. Like, there's a future. Oh, and my it was like we goodness. both knew seven by date dates. seven we were going to get married, which is kind of insane. That's
0: and Adam told me he wanted to marry me on our
2: second date. There you go.
0: Okay, but... But you dated for years. <laughs> yeah, but we <laughs> got married. <laughs> I know, but wait, can I tell a story of how I met you? Yes, of course. Okay, so Justin messaged me, because Justin and I were really close before he left for Israel. Um, he was like a like a huge rock in my life. He helped me so much through a really hard time. Um, And he messages me on Facebook, and he says he has a friend, and so I know what that means. That means he's dating a girl. And I was like, and and he kind of told me that he was going to propose and stuff, and I was like, wow. Okay, wait. I've never met her. I've <laughs> never seen her. I don't know her name. I don't know what she looks like. And I and like that was have, so protective. I held Justin. I I hold Justin like way up high. I'm like okay. the woman that I've always known. The woman that Justin marries has to be the most special human being wow. on this planet. Oh my gosh. He mm-hmm. deserves literally nothing less. Oh my in gosh. In my opinion, I'm, Gabby, gonna, like, I'm gonna, gonna cry. So, cry. Know, so he's, come he, on, re- reel it in, reel, it, reel it in. <laughs> he agrees to let me FaceTime with you guys. And we FaceTime and your both of your faces show up on the screen. And I swear to God, I got like the chills all oh over my, my body. And I had this huge sigh of relief oh before my gosh. you even said a word. And oh I was gosh. like, done.
2: Stop. Done. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so emotional. Because you just kind of felt like this is right. Like you just yeah. got a sense right away. Yeah, like wow. I have chills now. Just wow. I mean, it.
1: you guys have such similar backgrounds. Yeah. And I think you, you related to each other. And I, I can't even imagine him with someone who grew up no. religious yeah. like it just it really worked with you thank and god. you guys yeah. were on this like journey together yes. and this growth together yeah. which and i think was have a special
0: thank <laughs> yes. you know, thing yes little rachel She oh okay thank god i want oh you want to go yeah oh okay okay i want to do a pivot because this is a really it's a really good question that i think like super needs to be asked okay Some say that the Orthodox Jewish ideology is non-feminist. Do you find that to be true or what are your thoughts about that perspective?
2: Okay. So I basically, it was hard for me because I was on this track of super career oriented. You know, I went to Penn Law School. I very much valued having a career and I still value having a career. Something that I think needs to be said, Orthodox women are encouraged to work. They're not discouraged to work. Mm -hmm the number one priority is of course the family and the home and raising the children a hundred percent, but you can work and still have your family be your priority. Now, again, I'm not, I think we have to be real here, and I think one of the reasons why feminism doesn't work is because you can't have it all. You can't have the super successful career and then also be like the best mother to your children, who's always attentive and mm-hmm. always there. It's just yeah. impossible. There's only so many hours in the day. So that's what our stepdad says. It's I really yeah, no, think I mean, it's true.
1: Well, yeah. There, I mean, there's definitely trade offs and there's priorities, right. and a woman that does. That is a stay-at-home mom right. and is attentive to the to the fam- to the family is can also be a feminist. That's right. not, of course. I think more so. What we're asking is there are a lot. It, I, it feels like in the Jewish tradition, men are
2: more first class kind more of more first
1: class. Like the whole women have to sit separate. The whole right. women have to sit like in a, like I've been to shuls where they sit on like a terrace, and I'm like, <laughs> God. Head like uh, we- to <laughs> <of> the <laughs> back. Wow, I just—I really caught myself there. Okay, that was good. Uh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> no, but I just—you know—as a really staunch feminist, I—I I look to the Jewish tradition, and I just don't feel welcome, and I just. It feels like all the cool stuff happens on the men's <laughs> side. Like it just, we don't see anything, and all the women are like, "Can we look? Like, oh, can we be included?" And it just—that's right. the aura I, hear you. I
2: feel. But I hear that. You
1: know, like, w- what do what. What do the men do in Judaism, in in Orthodox tradition, that help to include the women? Well, Technically,
0: right. real quick, I, I learned when I was going to the marriage counselor that actually women, in the eyes of God, women are way up here, right. and men are way down here. So right. the reason that it men... Ha- feel that way. The reason men have to do everything, the reason they have to go to shul, and they have to do all the prayers, and they have to wear it's the tally... Because they're, like, sinned? <laughs> no, it's because they need to catch up to the
2: women. Right, right. We definitely believe that women are more inherently perfect and spiritual, Ooh. which is kind of crazy, Snaps. and that's why we... We have less, right, we have less need to kind of go out and pray with a group. We can pray on our own at home. But I think a big thing here is the difference in perspective. I actually wrote about an article about this on my site once, like in the in the secular world, the focus on what's important and what matters is always external okay it's Mm -hmm. always like what are you producing what are you what how are you productive what show me what you know it's never like an internal thing you know so the role of the woman woman in judaism is much more internal Mm -hmm. it's in the home her relationship with god it's very everything's very private you know she's going to the mikvah she's making challah at home she's lighting her candles whereas the role of the men is to be much more external it's to be Mm -hmm. out in shul and if you think about the reproductive organs mm-hmm. that's how men and women really were created the men are more external mm-hmm. the women are more internal it's just our roles and it's not better or worse um again this was a hard thing for me to get used to because i also right. felt that a little bit at shul like you're kind of like there is an observer but you, c- you have a connection to god you can pray there the dividers there because the f- point is to be focusing on prayer it's not to be like yeah. sitting next to your husband and chatting with him like that the point is to not be distracted. The point is to pray to God. That's the reason for the divider. But um, yeah, so I think that's like a big, a big misconception is that the men are considered more important because their role is more external. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Also, I'm just coming to this realization. Like Judaism was the OG self-care. <laughs> like you guys, it is true. It is true. You know, we look at religion and various types of religion and we're just like, eh, or like I do. Cause I'm just, I don't feel that, but it's like, Literally everything you do is reverting back to this, this just self growth and this self improvement and this mindfulness and like the. I mean, I love the idea of Shabbat, obviously, and the just time to self reflect and. It's like, why is no one talking about how that is? self care. All self care. It's all this. It's just. Improving upon yourself right. Really Totally like What it is Right You're trying to connect To something higher
2: Right 100% yeah. I'm, I'm, I will say that It has to be a conscious effort Like Yeah It's built into the system But you have to You have to be proactive Because You can just go through The, the motions rote and, mm-hmm. and if you do it For a number of years That's what ends up happening Is there's like You just You, you just Okay another Shabbat Another week like You have to really tap in And you mm-hmm. have to try it. You know that's why I, le- I think learning so important And praying so important And having assist- their system. I mean, I'm I'm in a group of married women who the sole where the sole purpose is to work on ourselves through our yeah. marriage, work on our character development. It's a huge part of being a Jew. Is is I mean, working on yourself. That's why we're here, you know. Yeah. So that's totally built in. At the same time, I would say that you know there are challenges in this lifestyle, like any lifestyle. You know, it's just a different set of challenges. Mm-hmm. So you just have to know kind of how to to really take care of yourself. Like if right. every week I have to cook a lot of food for Shabbat you know maybe some weeks i'm up for having guests some week up some weeks i'm not i'm just giving you like a glimpse into right. my lifestyle and and where self care could come into play but i think that's a really good insight yeah for sure totally
1: um can you can you give us um what what is the difference between mo- modern orthodox and just like normal orthodox or is there a difference <laughs> yes. what, like, people-
2: when, what
0: do you d- identify as it's
2: a really good question it's yeah. kind of complex so basically modern orthodoxy and i would say like mainstream orthodox or more yeshivish, more people who are more Mm -hmm. to the right, quote unquote, or the main difference is two things, how they view the secular world, their relationship with the secular outside world and their commitment to Jewish law. OK, so people who are more modern Orthodox, typically they they really value secular education and general studies. In addition to Torah learning, they really value being out in the secular workplace, contributing to the world. They're just more out there, quote unquote. They're, they're probably more inclined to go see a movie or read a, a secular book. People as you move more toward mainstream Orthodox, yeshivish, Hasidic, more toward the right, it gets more insular. And typically the view toward the secular world is a little bit more guarded, um, not as embracing. So that's one difference. And then second is the commitment to Jewish law. Someone might identify as modern Orthodox. So you think Orthodox, you know, you can think of a ton of different mitzvot they could be keeping. But the main baseline at this point, I think, for Orthodox, where we're at now, is someone who keeps Shabbat and kosher. And if they're married, they keep family purity laws, like the laws of the Um, mikvah. Whereas the more, there's 613. I mean, not all of them we can do today because we don't have a temple, but there's a lot of mitzvot. So if you're just keeping Shabbat and kosher, your commitment to jewish law isn't that great i mean those are amazing things to keep and it's really central to your life but you could be you know making challah you could be praying every day you there's you know there's just a lot nice. more you could be wearing skirts you could be covering your hair there people who identify as modern orthodox don't necessarily do all of that mm. so okay. that's something so what do you identify with so i identify as more just mainstream orthodox um i don't I don't call myself a modern orthodox person because of what I just said. I am fully committed to keeping Jewish law as best as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, because of how I grew up, it's a little bit unique. Like I I grew up in the secular world. You know, I went to college. I went to law school. I, you know, I'm, I read the news. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'll occasionally watch certain TV shows. You know, I try to monitor, I try to really be careful and censor what I, what I expose myself to. But I do watch some things. I do read some things. You know, I, I don't totally cut myself off at all. Yeah. Uh, my family's secular, like, uh, so I'm, I'm very much in the world. Um, sure. and I, and I believe that it's good to be in the world and contribute in a kosher way and take from the world in a kosher way. Um, so I'm kind of like some, I'm modern to a certain extent because of how yeah. I grew up, but I'm very committed to Jewish law, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think what I struggle with is that second part, or sorry, the, the relationship that traditional orthodoxy has with se- the secular world. It right. feels as if they don't acknowledge Scout and I, as Jews, because mm. we're really not observing any of those right. of those mitzvot. and right. um, that just makes me feel a little excluded or a little just like removed from Judaism, totally. and, it's, and, and that's why I
0: like the Chabad. I was just gonna say, like, yeah. that's why what
2: Chabad is doing is so important because, right, there are people who are gonna be like that. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's correct. I think we're we're taught to like love our fellow Jews as ourselves it doesn't say love only the Jews who keep Shabbat it says all Jews so I think it's very important something our generation really needs to work on and I think as someone who grew up I grew up in the five towns so in the five towns there's a huge secular Jewish community and a huge religious Jewish community Mm -hmm. and they kind of like live they coincide they don't like really mix so much it's starting to break down a little bit but there's really like I find there's judgment and fear on both sides of how the other side's perceiving Mm -hmm. them and And it's starting, it is starting to break down a little bit, but I agree that you shouldn't have, you shouldn't feel that way, you know? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're a Jew, so. Yeah. That's
1: it. Is there something that you miss from? (laughs) Is it burritos? Do you miss (laughs) (laughs) burritos? Like, (laughs) what is the one thing, what is the (laughs) one thing you miss about being a secular Jew? Oh, that's really that's a hard one. <laughs> it's definitely food.
2: It has that's has to be so something. Funny. Truthfully, it's not really food because I find the kosher food, especially in LA, is so totally. good. Like I'm not I point. don't feel deprived. I really yeah. don't. Good. Yeah. Um I would say kind of like the it's Just the freedom Mm -hmm. to kind of like do whatever you want whenever you want um, is something I miss in some like one form or another. Like, you know, like you can travel. You're just more free in terms of travel and and the weekends, like the whole dynamic of the weekend changes because of Shabbat. But again, I would never change it for anything. And Mm -hmm. I think the benefits of Shabbat so outweigh like the restricted freedom, quote unquote. But something I've really learned is like true freedom has to have limitations and it has to have like constriction otherwise it, it's not true freedom like yeah. I realize true freedom is not doing whatever you want because you'll never like you can't accomplish like if you want to learn an instrument you there are chords there's a system like yeah. everything kind of has some sort of limits so that's kind of how I view what I'm doing and I feel like the benefits of adhering to these like limits is really actually like liberating if that yeah. makes sense but yeah. there are I will yeah there yeah. are definitely times <laughs> where I'm like wow I used to just get it, wake up on, on Saturday, Dude, you know, and just get in yet. my car and yeah. And it's yeah. like, this is not an option anymore.
1: Yeah. No, but I think, yeah, as you said, I think there are so many more benefits that you are reaping. Totally. From, no, from without practice. a doubt. Yeah. yeah totally. God,
2: yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's challenging when you've seen both sides sometimes, of course, but no, for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: I can see, I've always like said that I could see myself getting a little bit more religious than, than I am. When I went through marriage counselings. we got married by an Orthodox rabbi. I was like really into the stuff we were talking about. Yeah, and it's amazing. It felt like really inspiring and uplifting and community-oriented. You're a spiritual seeker, too. I'm a, yeah, I, sure. I, I consider myself a spiritual human being. I totally. pray all the time. Yeah. Prayer is a huge part of my life. I believe in God 100%. Um, I pray to God all the time. Um, So I can see myself, especially when I have a kid, probably – ramping up on some of the
2: we just saw a video recently on intermarriage and it was saying like the, the hard part is is like people grow up with like being exposed to religion a lot of you know a lot of people like Jewish people and then they kind of go to college or whatever, and their religious observance kind of tapers off. They're on their own, you know, they're, they're, they're young professionals and like, and then when they get married and start having kids, that's when they want to kind of ramp up the religious observance again. But the problem is they're getting married during that time when they're not really quote unquote, like observing or doing anything. So that's yeah. why a lot of people tend to intermarry because they don't realize until they have kids like, Oh wow, I actually would love to, you know, have a Shabbat dinner or something.
0: Well, I mean, I want to raise my kids 150% <laughs> Jewish, man. Married a Jew, did the whole thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, what, okay, so, I mean, this might be a hard question, but what do you, what, I'm trying to think of a good way to say this. Just, when you see Scout and I, what do you see in terms of Judaism? Like, I feel like my relationship to Judaism is a little, it's definitely cultural, and, like, we can talk about the, quote-unquote, cultural Judaism. Right. I don't personally think it's, I think it's just it's become a culture. Of right. course, like we went right. to Jewish sleepaway camp. I, right. I we grew. I went to Jewish day school. I went uh, when I ever did theater. It was only at the Jewish Community Center. Wow. Like I was very very immersed. I didn't even when I went to high school. It was first time I went to public high school. First time I ever really knew
0: Catholic kids republicans wow. i didn't you know, know a non-jew until i was 19 republicans. no literally i <laughs> no, didn't 18. know any republican that's was the first time i knew someone that oh my gosh jewish. that's insane it
1: was a culture shock for sure and i and so i'm not saying that i'm not jewish because i
2: right grew of course up in
1: this in this like incubator of judaism right i just personally my relationship with it is more of a tradition it's a tradition, tradition it's family right. it's community it's right. like that i met i see like i meet a jew and i just we connect i understand <laughs> you we understand that we have the same values right we grew up the same right that's my that's the height right of my judaism got it is that wrong like personally i don't ever go to shul even on the high holidays, like it's a I burden a to me. I know, holidays. Scow, we you can get a gold star. <laughs> like it's just, it's just not something I've connected with. And e- you know, even in college, I worked at Hillel. I was an intern. I love finding those Ju- Ju- Jewish communities, and that's really where I feel drawn to it. Mm. But I don't know. If it goes past into the laws laws and the teachings and the studies or even the stories, like, I don't know, I'm just not, I just do it more so for the community. I hear. Is that wrong? And why do you think the Jews have found that? Or why I don't think that's that I feel like it's special to us. Like I don't see Catholic or maybe Catholics, but Christians—they don't just like be like, "Oh, you're like we're," you know. It's not that same sense of unity. Yeah.
2: No, I mean it's very special to be a Jew. We we really believe that on a spiritual level, there's a difference between being a Jew versus a non-Jew. Not in like a we're better or worse. Just the Jews were charged with a specific mission, and anyone who wants can be a Jew. We're not exclusive. Mm, We're not exclusive club. Um, so there's definitely this thing that we all feel and it's our neshama, it's our soul, a piece of our soul is connected to God. I think everyone has what we call the penteleid, the light of the Jew within them. And I think that's why we all, even if you're not doing anything, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you connect as a Jew. And when you see yeah. another Jew, that light, like kind of like flickers, you ha- for sure, like mm-hmm. you're tapped into that. Um, listen, I think everyone has different exposure and I think at the end of the day we're judged in life by where we start out. Mm -hmm. And for instance, I did not grow up religious, you know, so I can't be compared with someone who did. Mm -hmm. And you guys grew up with a certain background, but again, I don't really know what the Jewish learning was like in your school. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have been exposed to Judaism in a way that was really dry and not so relevant. And so that could be why you're not so interested in learning Torah and, you know, so if you had gone on the trips I had gone on, if you'd been yeah. exposed to the speakers and teachers I was, I don't know if you would feel the way that you do. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't look at you, like, with any sort of, like, negative judgment. I look at you like you are you grew up a certain way mm-hmm. and you're, do, you know, it's all based, again, on our experiences and what we're exposed to. But I do believe that as Jews we have a responsibility to... To really look into the truth and and figure Mm -hmm. out where we're holding in terms of what, what does it mean that I'm Jewish? What is that going to mean for me and my life? And I think every Jewish person needs to ask themselves that question. Yeah. Um, Totally. Yeah. So but I
0: also feel like you and I are super close. Yeah, and for I've sure. Like literally never felt as if our difference in religious levels has played Affected, any. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like at all. Because no. like, I feel so close to you and Justin, yeah, even even though we have we lead different lifestyles.
2: Totally. I mean, because yeah. we love you and, and we it's not about that. You know what I mean? Like we're not like negatively judging you based on what you're doing. You know, we just love you as who you are as a human being. And. And your family, so it's just you Yay, know. Family. Right. Yay, family! yeah
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it over.
2: Ooh, to what?
0: Confirm or deny? <laughs> oh, geez, I'm truth, nervous. Truth, or, truth, truth, or not truth or denial.
1: Falsehood or just like <laughs> true or false? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a <laughs> misconception, and you say if it's true or false. Okay. okay. You have sex with
0: a hole in the sheet. She knew you were going to ask this <laughs> question. She came up to She's <laughs> like, "Is Maddie going <laughs> to ask me if there's a hole in the sheet?" <laughs> I mean, it's it's the best question. I don't know. Such
2: a myth. False.
1: False. Okay. Totally false. Why? How did that come about?
0: I have
2: no idea. That
1: is crazy. It's a total okay. myth. Next, um, you have. I guess these are all about sex. You have sex after. You get married in that little room when you're together <laughs> for like seven minutes. False. False. Yeah, so I know. I, I actually thought that. But you know, the that. rabbi
0: walked in on our seven minutes. No, we could have. You guys we having sex? No, we were, oh. but we could have been. You never know.
2: <laughs> Wait, but were you supposed
0: to be? Like, is that? No. A, oh, but so it's what? just
2: the point is that because you're in like a new status now as a married couple, you need to like be alone in a room because mm. when you're dating, it's called yichud. You're not allowed to be alone in a clo- in like a room together. W- it's like a fence because you're not allowed to touch until you get married. Right. So you're not if you're alone in a room together. It's like it's how gonna the, get really hard. How was the t- first time you touched Justin? It was right. Really, was it, it was, was it at the altar? Um, yeah. The know. first time we touched you hold, was you held hands. We held hands. Oh my god! Right, yeah, right after we got I married. Remember. Yeah, I
1: can imagine
0: that. That that like must feel
2: anticipation. Amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah must have been amazing for sure. It's so yeah.
2: special. It really. Thank God, it really is. Yeah, um, but yeah. That. So f- um, false. No, you you're false. just kind of like together. Like you you don't really have enough time. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean may, maybe you could but you have like, 300 people outside. <laughs> right like you have to like run down like it's like makeup and like to start taking off that dress I mean it's ridiculous. No, yeah. It's you, not happening. you want that
0: moment to be special. Yeah. You don't want it to be rushed in rushed 7 in a minutes. Seven minute thing. Oh my god, I'm dead. <laughs>
1: I love it. Um what other ones can I think of? I you think did those not know it. you were going to oh, do this. I just, I thought she of it right She did not right consult now. with me at all. <laughs> well, you it's know, okay. this is what the listeners want. Got it, got <laughs> They it. are asking Noted. for this. We can talk
2: about the mikvah if you want because oh, it's kind yes. of related. I know you wanted to ask about that. Yes. W-
1: just what is that?
2: Okay, so it's, <laughs> so it's pretty amazing that this whole idea of family purity laws um, and going to the mikvah. So basically the way it works is when you have your period, you, you do not touch your husband and wife. You don't touch. You don't even sleep in the same bed during what? your period. Yeah. And you then you know this. And oh, then maybe the, I did. and then oh. the seven days after. So they're called the seven clean days. You have to count seven clean days with no blood. And then you immerse in a mikvah. And when you come home from the mikvah, you can touch again. Okay, that's like half of a month every month, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's correct. like two weeks, right? But you have to remember when you get pregnant, like you don't have your period when you after you have a baby for oh, so when like you're nursing. So there's times where like it's not like that every Wait, single month. Do you take month. birth control? No, you yes, so you're allowed to take birth okay. control. You're allowed to take birth I asked control. Just okay. like right when you guys did, I was like, yeah. are you allowed
1: to take birth control. Yes, you okay. are. Okay. Um, so what so if the so what if the birth control like for instance I have that my I have an IUD and I would like I never get my period right so then, so then just, I would just like be you, able to touch my husband all the time exactly yeah. Wow. I'm lucky. So it doesn't always <laughs> work.
2: <laughs> doesn't always work out like that, but yeah, going to the mikvah is so special because, and it's kind of cool too because I feel like when you're with the same person for a long time, things can get kind of stale or whatever. Yeah. When you remove the touch element and then reintroduce it reintroduce it, it's very special. Absolutely. And then going to the mikvah is just so. I don't know if you've. I think Gabby, I you went before for your wedding. My wedding. It yeah. was Wait, an incredible. What experience. is it? Very and special. do you
1: just go by yourself, or mm-hmm. do you have, or what? It you go by is yourself. It's
2: just a and bath, bath, right? Yeah. So it's it's it looks. Like like a hot tub almost it's yes. a warm water and you you have to get completely undressed you can't have nail polish on you can't have oh, makeup on you wow. can't i mean it's you can't have jewelry on you have to be completely like bare wow and someone checks you even before you go in like not thoroughly but, but <laughs> it's like that okay, creepy but is it a woman it's I a woman so. of course okay, okay, I'm just no there are no oh. men in the mickla. oh, oh gosh, okay gosh, okay, okay, right, right. okay no. Men, it's no totally men. yeah no men and okay. then and then you privately like everyone has a changing room and you kind of wait to be called so you get ready it takes there's like a whole preparation process and then when when and you're, it's your time. You come out. You're the only one who immerses. No one else is there. So it's just you and the attendant. And then you dunk a few times. You say a bracha, and it's so special because you can you can pray. It's like such a special time to pray. And you it sounds cheesy, but it almost feels like you have like a fresh start. Like yeah. it, it's like a physical concept. It's like being this, re- bo- like re- renewed. Yeah, and you okay, feel like you're renewed. Sure, it's I'm going to so, say
1: something a little controversial though. can no. well is there not an implication that you were impure for a certain set of days and now you're like bringing back the purity? Like that kind of – that kind of diminishes and, and reduces your period. Or is right. that not
2: really the vibe? It's not really the vibe, like, when you're when you're actually living it out. Like, it's not like, you know, every time Justin sees me when I'm on my period, he's like, oh, he, like, like shudders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, time out for you. Yeah. Whatever. Like. <laughs> no, there's no, like, it's just, uh, it's a reality of life, and yeah. it's just the fact that the blood itself coming from that place makes you ritually impure. It doesn't mean that you're like dirty or sure. bad or and I totally see how you would think that. I yeah. also felt like that at first, but it's just it's just not. It's just considered the reality. Mm-hmm. And um once you kind of go through this cycle of not touching, going to the mikvah, touching again, you mm-hmm. it's actually like a very special thing. Again, not yeah. always like convenient not always it's not i can do whatever i want whenever i want but i find that it's it's actually really amazing yeah i can see that it would special.
0: totally spark like keep the sparks going to yes. like take it away and then bring it back and then take it away and then bring it back i can see yes. how that i can spice things up on a regular yeah, basis yeah but it's
1: probably hard especially if you have a period for 7 days or
0: period yeah, for 5 I days period forever yeah
2: that, yeah no that that could be challenging for yeah. sure okay
1: for sure um i guess we're ending on periods <laughs> love it <laughs> as we <laughs> usually do on this podcast I know, seriously. <laughs> uh, but any- oh wait no actually i do want to talk about modern jewish girls so talk oh, okay. to us a little bit about the okay. blog oh, okay yeah. how did that start what can
0: people expect it's so good and where can Thank they find it? i get the newsletter
2: so sweet so i actually so i will say i started this website about two years ago a year and a half ago mm-hmm. it's called modern jewish com. the whole point is just to kind of give you a taste of the Torah that I was exposed to, the kind of um, spiritual growth stuff, like what's Jewish perspective on, I don't know, Thanksgiving, or, Mm -hmm. you know, just interesting questions and insights and um, just give you an insight into what it means, again, to live as someone who's committed to to being an Orthodox Jew, but also identifies as in the world. And that sure. hence the name modern Jewish girl. But I actually haven't been posting as much because I've been writing. I actually wrote a book about my whole journey, oh. which I'm, yeah. So I've been really focusing ah. on that, but God willing, I will be producing more content on the website. So for sure you should check it out. Um,
0: yeah. oh my Very God, exciting. Okay. We'll it. let everyone know where they can find you. Plug your Instagram website, the whole nine yards.
2: Thank you so much, guys.
0: No, yeah. no, no, no. Tell us to... where we can find you. Oh, you're telling me to yeah. plug in? <laughs> yeah, you plug in, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what are you guys talking about? I thought like, you were going to no, plug you, in. You you What's your you Instagram? Have an Instagram? Yeah, okay. yeah,
2: modern Jewish Girl at modern okay. Jewish Girl. Okay,
0: cool, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right along. Where can I um, find you? At Maddie Mayo. At Scout Sobon. you can follow OKSYS Podcast at OKSYS Podcast for premium content.
2: For premium content. Okay, okay Thank bye, bye, sisters. Guys. Love
0: you. Love you, bye.